It's the best time of the year. It's finals time in the NRL. We're at Three Seagulls Cafe on the Northern Beaches. I'm joined by fellow Englishman Josh Hodgson to chat about the Panthers' dominance, who's the real deal, and who are the pretenders from the teams that are left. We'll also ask Hodgie his greatest final moments ever. Let's get into it for arguments about league over coffee. Hi, Oji. See you put your best uh, trackies on, so thanks for that. All things NRL. Do you think the Panthers are the best team of the NRL era? If they do the 3P this year, I reckon it's going to be hard to say no. I think, especially in the modern era, religiously it's kind of been hard to pick who's going to get it done over the last few years. Probably Melbourne Storm and the Roosters have been most consistent, you'd say, and, you know, probably since 2020. I think since then they've just grown another leg. And yeah, they seem to just be one of them teams when you play against them, you know, you've got to be on. They never really have too many weeks where they're off, so... I think it's probably the consistency that they've managed to constantly put out for the last three years has been probably the highlight when you play against them like you watch. Yeah, I think for me, they are. The ability to remain motivated, the turnover of some key players yeah. as well. It, it's phenomenal that when they lost Coruscant and Kick-Out, I thought, yeah. oh, here we go. This yeah, is same. This is, this is going to, not just Coruscant and Kick-Out, but also losing Seraldo and Webster thought. Yeah. That's going to be a big transition. I think they've gone to come closer to the pack, but you could almost argue they've gone even further away. Yeah, I think the start, they looked a little bit off in and around the rook at the start of the year, looked a little bit clunky, but that's always going to be the case when you've got kind of a new edge and kind of a new middle. And then once they hit the straps again, it was just kind of the, the team to let everyone puts the benchmark up against. And it's, you know yourself, mate, and you've played in the big games and you've come close and got to a grand final. That next year, you've always got that target on your back every week. Teams are starting at 100 mile an hour because they know they have to. So for Penrith to keep 10 up every week, but getting the results as well year on year is a fair effort. And yeah, as I say, if they do a three period, I think it'd be a pretty hard argument to go against. Yeah, I don't think you can go against them. I think one of the greatest compliments that you can give the Penrith team that sort of goes unnoticed a little bit, in my opinion, is the fact that teams completely change their game plan. Yeah. They feel they have to change yeah, to, do to even have a chance against them because. If you get drawn into that set-for-set set yeah. battle against these guys, blow yeah. you away. They complete higher than any team in the competition. Yeah. They have a higher possession stat than any team in the competition. Yeah. And I think they love that grind. Yeah. They, they, they love the grind. They enjoy the grind. Yeah. They want to that... drag you into deep water. So if you try and match them doing that, yeah. it's their normal. And that's, so, a, that's a, one of the most simplest things I find in rugby that's kind of underrated is just completions like you're not completing high every week you're going to find it rocks or diamonds whether you're going to win you know a fair few of those games i think that's something that religiously they do and you know when you play penrith melbourne all those you know good teams you know you're going to complete over 80 percent and everyone brings their air game and I think, like I say, that's what's been probably the most impressive thing. How they've managed to keep tearing up and the aggression. I think another thing that they bring every week, which is in our Paramount this year, our middles tried to pride themselves on, and I thought more often than not we did that. But the aggression and their intensity through the middle consistently for twenty odd rounds and finals, and a lot of those blokes played World Cup and went round again to not have a real big spell and consistently put all those kind of efforts is a big effort as you know as well in the middle you can find yourself kind of july time feeling a bit overwhelmed by the conditions of your body and stuff when you've had a big world cup year and you come off the back of that but they seem to just be managing themselves right and there's a few teams that have matched them over the years but not consistently every week yeah it's it's a, it's amazing the uh the consistent dominance of this side for me i i think they are the best in the nrl era i think you know i played against those melbourne storm sides that you knew exactly what 
what they were going to do. You yeah. knew that there was a different feeling every mm-hmm. time you took the ball and you knew you were being tackled by Melbourne Storm players. Yeah. Their ability to, to control the, the rook was, was phenomenal. Those Roosters teams that had so much glitz yeah. and, and glamour and superstars all over the field mm-hmm. were incredibly difficult to play against. But you know, just watching from afar, this Penrith team, they just continue to... Yeah. As you say, every team's got their own kind of thing of feel. Like you say, it's a bit that identity yeah. piece, yeah. isn't it? And their identity piece is really just aggression and complete high and turning up for each other. I think you know that's what most rugby teams try and base themselves off, but they seem to have managed to nail it. And you know, a lot of that comes through the junior systems that they've probably got down there. Most of those kids are local juniors that come through and they've come at the right age and all come through together. So it just shows you how important that kind of system is coming through as well. And, you know, it's an area that probably needs looking at a little bit more in the NRL in terms of when you bring those kids through, you should get a little bit of relief and a bit of a reward for that in yeah, terms of, de- you know, as a club. Definitely. You know? So teams can't just buy your juniors. You know, if they want to offer 200 more, you'll maybe get a little bit of relief. So yeah, I think it's squeeze something. them in because the clubs are getting no reward for bringing through those juniors. And I know it was a problem we had down in Canberra and, and at Paramount. Now we've got some really good juniors and people chase them. So I think as a club, you should really have something in place where you can get a bit of relief for that because you see it now where we sort of kick out after leave course. So now I think Crichton's going next, is he? I think yeah, Crichton's leaving, yeah. So you just see what happens. You have a good year, everyone wants a little bit more money and you can't get everybody in. But do you think the salary cap's working? Like we've got eras of domination. It is the cap doing its job. Yeah, I think it is. Because when you look at the league, it is unpredictable. Before the year starts, no one really knows and everyone's guessing. You, know, you, you never really know how the year's going to turn out. Even, you know, us this year at Parramatta, I don't think anyone had written down to Missy eight. And, other teams that have made, yeah, like Newcastle at one stage were 13th and they've made a run to get up to 5th and I like how, you know, if you're not on your game over here, you tend to get beat no matter kind of who you're playing. I think it does give it a bit more balance. But yeah, I'm no expert in that area, but I reckon it's one being a franchise, not having relegation, that keeps players pretty even across the board and, you know, there's a couple of things that, that you change a little bit, like I said, with the juniors, but... I think overall it keeps it pretty even, really. Yeah, I think I'd rather this model where teams can, you know, if you look at where Penrith are now, yeah. you know, let's not forget that they've been down near the bottom, yeah. and then they've won, and they've won before. Yeah, you, you know, the Roosters not that long ago were actually mm. wooden spooners. Yeah, and they came back and actually played the. Uh, I think it was oh nine. They were wooden spooners. In ten, they made the grand final. So our yeah. competition for me, it do, the salary cap does work. Yeah. Because you've got the ability to come from the bottom and yeah. get to the top. Yeah, I think Newcastle leaving yeah. Spooners, you know, a couple of times. Yeah. And then they've worked their way up. So And it's always hard because you know, you finish down the bottom and trying to attract good players, you've got to pay them more money than what you probably should be paying them. But then you know, there's enough in the cap there to manage that and manage it. Then you get your top your, your top thirty squad, your development list, your rookie list, and I think we've got it about right. I think don't need to change too much. But as I said, the junior one was the only thing I'd probably change a little bit. But other than that, I think the caps, you know, it works pretty well. Yeah. Pretty like if you look back at that era of dominance from the, the mm. famous um, St. George team over yeah. here in this country, I don't think we'll see anything like that ever again. No. Because of the salary yeah. cap. Well, that's what I mean. In terms of the modern era, they're probably the better team. Hodgie, there's four teams going into battle this weekend. The Roosters down in Melbourne, mm. uh, Newcastle Knights go to the Warriors. Which of those four teams 
can knock Penrith off their perch or even upset the Broncos, not just play in the grand final, but win the thing. I probably would have said Melbourne just because historically when it's backs against the wall, they tend to come back out swinging once they've had a pretty poor result, but it seems like they've got a few injuries, so I don't know how they're going to be shaping up, but I think those two are really the benchmark at the minute. I think the other teams are always going to be seen as underdogs and you know yourself that top four, getting that win when you finish in the top four is, is massive to going on to win it. Like that extra week off at the back end of the year coming in with, to that prelim with two weeks off is, is huge. So. I don't really think anyone outside of those four win it, but really? I think the best team in terms of chances. Melbourne, if they get the players, if not, then maybe the Roosters just have a bit of experience they've got in the side. And See, I like the Knights. Do you? Yeah. For me, the Knights, they got away with one this weekend against Canberra. Mm. They underperformed, but now they've learned that lesson to finals. And I know it's going to be tough facing the Warriors and then yeah. to Brisbane. But in Kalen Ponga, they've got a genuine superstar. They've got a hot, honest, hard-working path. Some yeah. great finishes on an edge. I know they've lost Hastings, but I still think there's enough in that group mm. to give the competition a shake. I think Warriors will beat Knights. Yeah, I think yeah. Warriors will beat Knights, yeah. And then I think there may be a chance of getting Brisbane, but again, that's a tough ask going up to Brisbane. At well, Brisbane I, guess, I guess that angle would be Warriors at home. Yeah. Like, big swell of support. Yeah. Boosted by that. And then they go to Brisbane, they go to Brisbane. It's full of Warriors yeah. fans. And then the one game away from the grand final, you get that bit of extra. If there was going to be a team outside the four, that's going to make it. I'd probably pick Warriors. Is all those for because of their pathway because of the pathway probably I don't see Henry after the week off I don't see many people getting them especially if you're down on troops and but you never know this is why these conversations are good because then you look back and go I'm an idiot yeah. oh I'm a genius <laughs> yeah I'm a genius I know leave all that <laughs> just that little snippet where I said put that 10 yeah. seconds I'll just say them all and just cut the one <laughs> were right in the mix of finals. You've been involved in some great finals campaigns, but I want to know what's your favourite finals moment of all time. There's no rules on this, whether you've been involved in it or not. I just... Uh um, on this one. Probably, in terms of one I've been involved in, was probably the, the prelim in 19 at home when we beat Souths. That feeling, the atmosphere, I think it was a record crowd and being alongside you know, some of the great mates. I think that was probably the one from being involved in. And traditionally, I don't tend to watch them too much like... I have probably this year because obviously I'm retired now, but whenever I'm playing, if I'm not in the semis, I don't like watching it. You know, it's something you've worked so hard for all year, then you're going to watch someone else kind of go and win it. You know just... what? I'm with you on that. One of my favourite moments was um, the 2015 final, the grand oh, final. Yeah. So I was in Thailand, yeah. pretending like I didn't care. Yeah. We'd played in the grand final the year before, lost. Yeah, yeah, against South. Yeah, thanks. I remember. <laughs> um, just checking. Just checking. But Brisbane Cowboys are on. Yeah. I'm in this bar. Yeah, in in, uh, in Thailand, and I'm like, nah, I'm not bothered. Nice. I'm like, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, to be oh, fair. I, oh, it's over. Yeah, and then it's like, no, it's not. And then yeah. you got, and then I'm trying to, like, Thurston's kicking this goal. I'm like, I'm not bothered. Yeah, I'm not bothered. Yeah, but you then, can't stop I am, looking. I, actually, yeah. I am. Yeah, and to then, be fair, that was and then a good you, one. It's the post, and you're like, mm. oh, uh, golden point. I don't care. Yeah, oh, actually, it was gold. Actually, yeah, golden point. Not yeah, it was. Yeah, golden point. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not bothered. Yeah, it's just the Queensland derby in Sydney. Who cares? But I just couldn't help it. Yeah. But, but oh, that one was special. It, 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 yeah. te it tested me. Yeah. You know, the, the, put, putting on putting on the tough guy image. Yeah. Oh, I'm not. I don't want to turn yeah. it off if you want. Yeah, <laughs> turn it off if you want. Yeah. yeah, I reckon. Quite recently, we've seen some droughts be broken. Cowboys winning their first one. Yeah. 
the story of Thurston, the yeah. Queensland derby, some of the games that those two teams have been Where in. Where it finished, is yeah. like fell in the corner, then they missed the ball to go to extra time, then it gets a field goal. Yeah, that was a pretty special one, to be fair. I watched that one. I didn't watch many others, I don't think. I'm normally um, sulking somewhere. Yeah. I just try and dodge it like yourself, probably. Yeah, Hodgie, recently retired. Mm. It's been a, a fantastic career. Pleasure to have been a, a small part of that. We had some great times on England yeah. camp on our little romantic walks every <laughs> every day off. What's the future holding for you? What do you, what do you think you'll um, go into? Um, coaching's something I've always kind of loved. Even when I was back in all, I used to coach the amateur teams just because... Love rugby, always have. So that's kind of what I want to do. Nearly sorted something out now with Parramatta where we're hopefully getting a role within the juniors, bringing those kids through and some really exciting young kids coming through. So that'll be you know, nice to work with a few of those and hopefully develop them, get them ready for first grade and be nice to give something back to the club. That, that gave me a chance to. Unfortunately, this year I didn't get to play an awful lot. So it's something I'm pretty passionate about, giving them uh, something back after they put some faith in me to come down here. So yeah, coaching's the way to go for me, mate. I've always loved it and I've got no air, so I don't have to worry about that falling out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's... Not yet, until Everton win the league and you get that quick back. <laughs> so get me John Alomo. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant, mate. You know, the game, uh, having people like you, the fountain and the well of knowledge it is incredible. And from doing it from both sides of the world as well, mm. you, you get what it's like. Those messages will be incredibly valuable for, for youngsters. You, you know what's weird as well? I think hookers make great coaches. You reckon? Like dummy halves make really good coaches. They've yeah. got a really good understanding of the, of the game. game. Yeah. Like really good understanding of the game. They're, they're always, for me, they're always my favourite. Like if I was to be positionalist, yeah. like who I've hung out with the most, yeah, yeah. I always hang out nice. with dummy halves. Yeah. I think it's just because you're taller than us. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> nah, I know what you're saying. I think I, I had a bit of a fear on that. It's just because you kind of, you have to know things about nearly every position on yeah. the field. Like you touch the ball more than anyone on the field. So you need to know where everyone's going to be, like short sides, open sides. You need to be across kind of everything, really. That was probably a learning curve for me coming over. I was traditionally just kind of ran, didn't know so much about rugby in England. You know, I played me well and I played some good rugby, but I found when I come over here, I had to try and soak up as much knowledge as I could and try to learn a little bit along the way. And yeah, hopefully you can give a little bit back and mm. hopefully that path, you know, we start again on the bottom and try and work way back to the top. Yeah, nice. I just want to ask you quickly, Podgy, you know when you were in a dummy half, yeah. did each player have a preferential way to receive the ball? I know yeah. I would be in TV like, please don't spin it. Yeah, don't no, spin. No, yeah no you get spin. a couple of them. No spin. Uh, oh, well, was, I've had a couple say no spin. Well, then, like, Jake Arthur, who's, at, who's now at Manly, well, that part of my, yeah, when he's kicking the ball, he only likes it to spin. So, like, a couple of people, and then a couple of front rowers, the same thing. Don't spin it, especially when it's windy and they go, don't spin it. Oh, here we go, catch us then. <laughs> go back an empty bag of crisps in the wind, floating towards them. It's like, what do you want me to do? I'm 20 metres away, don't spin it. So, yeah, you get a few of them. Yeah, loved it, loved my career. And you meet great people along the way, like, like yourself and many others. When you retire, it's a bit different. You kind of get used to playing rugby for 30 years since you've been a kid and then you go, what am I going to do now? Never have to worry about, is my passing good? Is my kicking good? And all that. Yeah, well, there's pros and cons to, to everything. Like you say, you start at the bottom of this uh, coaching journey now. I, I know you go far. Mm, thanks, man. I appreciate well, it. You, you had a little bit of a pop at me about spinning the ball. Just making me, sure me being, was me, right me being a bit neat, me being a bit needy. Don't like, spin it. We'll like make hot water bottles. Don't spin the ball because help a brother help. <laughs> <laughs>